Good evening, everyone. Very late evening indeed. And welcome back to the ME7 podcast. Gillingham win on opening day. Neil Harris's men travel to Edgeley Park to take on promotion hopefuls and favourites. Stockport County and came away with all three points thanks to an 86-minute strike from Robin McKenzie, which meant the Jules do not leave empty-handed on the opening day. Night and day from last season, a 2-0 defeat on opening weekend to Wimbledon, where things were looking very, very dark indeed. But this is a rejuvenated Gillingham. This is a Gillingham with passion, with drive, with motivation, and we saw all that on display today. Rob McKenzie, the man who struck the decisive blow to give us all three points and send the away end into absolute ruptures. Uh, firstly, apologies for being a bit late to this podcast. We have only just got in. It has been a bit of a mammoth journey, but it was very much worth it in the end. Two men talking tonight, both Reese and Lewis, and we'll bring Luke in very soon as well, who were both with me for the game today. We'll sat with each other, enjoying a fantastic Jill's performance and victory on open day. Um, Lewis, we'll come to you first. Um, firstly, what a day. What do you make of it? Evening, Owen. Evening, everyone. Hopefully you can you can hear me all okay. Yeah, absolutely fantastic day up there with the top away days. Um, you know, it was a really, really tough game on paper. As you said in the opening of the show, you know, Stockport, a lot of people have them up there in their predictions, potential champions maybe. You know, going away to the potential champions on the opening day doesn't get much harder than that. But, you know, we were the better side, I thought, overall, um, especially for the first 50 minutes, I think. They came out the second half and put a bit of pressure on us, but I thought Neil Harris got the the changes absolutely spot on. Bringing in Robbie, who is listening tonight, legend mate, um, getting the winner, obviously. Uh, putting him in defence and moving to a more structured defensive system, I think. And then, obviously, uh, putting Madison up top as well, who I thought made a massive, massive difference too. Uh, gave Tom someone to play up front. And, yeah, credit to everyone involved. You know, Robbie for scoring, the... The defenders for putting in a massive shift. I think we'll probably speak about one or two of them specifically tonight as well. And yeah, the guys running running up front, Nichols, I thought, you know, although isolated a little bit at times, ran his socks off and probably very happy to have a partner to play with towards the end. And, you know, can't fault anyone today. Massive, massive three points to start the season. As you said, night and day to last year. And very, very happy this evening. Yeah, Reese. we were all saying on the way up, and we said it on Thursday night as well, that if we had come to Edgeley Park today and took away a point, it would have been a, a good good opening start to the season, considering the favourable games, if you like, that we have coming up as well. But it was a very different Gillingham performance to the one at Edgeley Park last year, where we were gritty, we stuck in and came for what we, what we wanted to achieve, which was a point today. We were very front-footed, especially in the first half, bought the game to Stockport, didn't allow them to settle. It was a a good signifier of, of a new Jill side. And, you know, we were talking also on Thursday about it's a good to play someone like Stockport this early on, although it's the toughest game we could have on paper. It's good to get it out of the way early. And we were all saying we'd be happy with a point, but we, we went the extra bit today and we, we got all three. And I think over the course of the game, you know, Stockport fans will think differently, but I think given how resolutely we defended, we were very rarely in positions where we looked like, or we felt like we were nervous of us about what we were about to concede. I think we defended brilliant throughout the game and, it's like we said to each other on the way out, Reese, all it takes in that sort of performance is one moment to fall to you and then that's what happened and we took all three points. Yeah, it's obviously a a brilliant result and a brilliant start to the season for us. And obviously I said on your your pre-match space on Thursday that it, it it is obviously only game one of 46. So nothing was going to be won or lost today regardless of what the outcome was. But... You know, for us as supporters, for the players, for the coaching staff, you know, we can all 
as a collective take so much confidence out of today. Um, as Lewis said, we've gone away to many people's favourites for the title, um, whilst also arguably arguably not at our strongest in terms of our starting eleven because we've got a few injuries at the moment. Um, so to do that and then go and get the result, especially when it's been well documented that last season our away form perhaps wasn't quite as we wanted it to be. Um, so to then come out of the traps game one and, and beat a team that are very well fancied for promotion stands us in really, really good stead. And I, I agree with you completely. First half, I was I was really impressed with us. Um, we tried to impose ourselves on Stockport as much as we could. Um, play some good stuff at times as well. Show some good composure to try and play out of, of defence and in some tight areas at times. Um, but what you know, there, there wasn't a great deal in the first half between the two teams in terms of clear cut chances. I think, I think both had a sort of a couple from range. Nothing that really worried either of the goalkeepers too much. And then, yeah, second half as you'd sort of expect to, from a team of Stockport's quality playing at home, they come out and. And they had a really good spell and they put us under pressure, like Lewis said. And we probably did lose our way a little bit for a period in that time, just in terms of our, our composure and our willingness to try and get the ball down and keep hold of it for a little bit. You know, we for a 10, 15 minute period, we just sort of looked to try and clear it away as quickly as possible without any sense of direction. But that said, other than that one chance where they hit the bar, they also didn't threaten our goal very much. I thought we defended our box superbly. Um, and then, yeah, like Lewis touched on, Harris made some great changes, obviously, to bring Robbie on and move to the, the three centre-backs. It, it allowed the two full-backs to play a little bit higher. Um, and suddenly it start, started opening up avenues for us to get on the ball a little bit more and start getting a little bit further up the pitch. And then you're obviously bringing on, on Nadison with his pace. He sort of started running into channels, allowed us to get up the pitch a little bit, get the ball up a little bit higher. And, and then, yeah, and you know, from, from Stockport's point of view, their defenders had nothing to do for sort of 25 minutes, half hour in the second half. And I think when that happens, it then can be very easy to to switch off when you are asked to do some defending. And that may well be what happened with the goal because, you know, Harris touched on it in his in his interview afterwards. It was a terrible free kick from, from Che. You'll be the first to admit that. Um, and the second phase was messy as well, where I think Sean Williams had an air kick and it still obviously fell to Robbie. And he was sort of, not I wouldn't say completely unmarked, but he found enough space in sort of the six-yard box to... To prod it home, which if you know if you're Stockport's manager, you'd be really disappointed with that. But for us, yeah, brilliant, and couldn't have asked for no more in the first game of the season. Yeah, Luke. Obviously, um, we won't mention your prediction that you made on uh, the show on Thursday because we don't want to make you look silly. <laughs> I don't say that. Again. I don't think any of us said we would win. I think I said nil nil. But um, yeah, uh, what were your thoughts on today? Because I put in the title um, of this episode that uh, I've, I've called it a statement victory because I think I do see it that way. A lot of people. Before this weekend, it was really all about, well, if you look at League Two's Twitter account, it was all about Wrexham and obviously Notts County as well. Their first games back in the EFL, a lot of people looked at this game as a game between two teams who are expecting to be up there, but people probably gave this a stopwatch overall. But I think this was a result that is a statement victory and it's one of those where, from a Jenningham perspective, you're saying, well, don't forget about us, we're here as well and we're showing that we're capable of getting results against the teams that everyone else seems to consider to be the favourite. Yeah, definitely. I think, um, obviously, Harris has said it in his post-match where he said, uh, that's not going to dampen expectations levels, is it, after that result today? And um, it's not. I think it's just it's going to raise them. I think um, we could be, uh, obviously, against the big spenders where you've mentioned the Repsons and Notts County, MK Dons, um, that have, um, and the others that are up there towards the end of last season. We could be the, the slight 
dark horses um, and keep ourselves under the radar and just keep delivering. But like I say, we can't really go. It's, it's the first game of the season. It's a great win. I think we, we, we could have scored. Obviously, Tom Nichols had a great chance in the first half, very similar to Robbie's um, that, that he scored from. That We could have gone in 1-0, winning at the break. And I think, obviously, from the comparison that we had from this time last year, when we was at Wimbledon, when we had a makeshift full 11, really. And um, to, to go and to see what we saw today is, like we've said, completely night and day. Um and I think it's a massive performance that we can grow on going to, obviously, with the address of the away form last year. Um, we can now go into the away games thinking, you know, we've, we've just beat the, the the bookies' favourites to win the league. Um, we, we shouldn't be scared of anyone else going away now. And um, I think that leads us nicely into Tuesday night. We've got Southampton at home and then, again, Accrington at home on Saturday. But, yeah, great. It is a statement. Um like you said, don't forget about us. And um, I just can't believe how good we were today, really. And um, obviously, I am one of Neil Harris's biggest critics. But the substitutions that he made, the formation change, he, he got it spot on today. And I think if you kind of looking back from last year, he, he did try to make them changes last year around the 60, 65 minute mark. But he just didn't have the personnel. Obviously, we still had three players missing today. But I thought Jaden Clark was outstanding when he come when he come on. Um, obviously, Nadison. Like you, like Reece said, was was making them opportunities going down the channels and, and gave us that bit of pace on pace up front. And to be honest, I think if we can get, I think what, what obviously still think what we lack is a bit of of pace on the wings. Obviously, I think Tom Jeffries is the only person that really gives us that. I think if we can get a winger in, and obviously, I think if we get Bonin, I think if we get Bonin and a winger, I think there should be no our capabilities are ending. So I think a top five finish is is the minimum we should be looking at after after today's result. Yeah, certainly lots of room for optimism and obviously the transfer window still will get to be concluded. Um, Lewis, Luke did make a good point about the away form as well and not just is it a great result to kick off the season, it's another monkey off the back, if you like. Obviously, we know that despite the home form improving drastically towards the end of last season, the away form as a whole in the 2022-23 campaign was, you know, let's put it bluntly, it was awful, wasn't it? We sort of threw two away wins all season, I think it was, and to get that monkey off the back so early on this season against a team like Stockport as well, you know, it's ridiculous to say out loud, but we've already matched 50% of the away wins we had last year as well. So it only breeds more confidence going away from home, knowing that despite how poor we were last year on the road, that we've we clearly shown we are capable of doing it now. And hopefully that will lead to more away victories in the future, which obviously we've been severely lacking over the past year or so. Yeah, I think we mentioned before that it, it did pick up a little bit towards the end of last season. Um, you know, we won away from home against a team that finished in the playoffs in Salford on the last day. Got a decent result at Bradford. So, I think we were picking up, but we also all pointed to the away form as an area that needed improving. And, you know, today, the approach is unclear. Harris has spoke about flexibility and, you know, taking each game and playing each game on its merits and, you know, playing Bookie's favourites or the many people's favourites away from home first day, you know, arguably the toughest fix you can have on paper, I suppose, literally. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was hard, to, hard to see what was going to happen um, tactically. He went with the five in midfield, which I thought was probably going to happen. Um, but, yeah, like, like the others have said, I thought we, we were fantastic, uh, especially for the first 50 and the last, last sort of 20. Um, he's got these options now and hopefully he can adjust to 
to these away games how he has to. He said, you know, after the game when he when he brought Robbie on and went to the back five, but also added Madison up front as well. He wanted to make us a bit more stable. I think everyone could could see that we were, you know, the goal was coming almost and we were up against it. We were being pegged in a bit. It was really hard to get out. Um, Turner was going long to Nichols or Williams and it just wasn't it wasn't sticking at all. So it changed a lot when, when Madison and, and Mackenzie came on and it's good to have these this flexibility and as well, as you say, I mean we've got the monkey off the back now and if we can get a bit of confidence and a bit more of a positive mentality to play in these away games as well. You know, going away to Sutton and going away to Crawley, although they both won today, you know, on paper, that shouldn't be as tough as going to Stockport, which we've already won now. So the confidence is there, the mentality is there and hopefully, um, you know, if Priestfield remains a fortress, then we can pick up a few more wins away from home and that will help our league position massively come the end of the season. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Rhys, we've talked on the players who weren't involved today. Um, Dieng, Hawkins and uh, Marston were all missing. And we're going to come on to one player in particular who came in uh, in place of Marston in uh, Shadrach Ogi in just a second. But before that, um, let's talk quickly about the first half. And, well, I think we imposed ourselves really well in the first 15, 20 minutes. I think we didn't really allow Stockport the opportunity to settle. And I think when you're away at a crowd, a ground with like 10,000 plus fans or whatever and a team that are on the up and what came so close to promotion last year, if you let them get control of the game early on, it can become quite a tough afternoon. And I think we were really strong and resolute in not allowing them much time on the ball in the first 15, 20 minutes. We didn't give anything away. We were getting the ball up in the high positions and your position, um, option half without really creating anything clear cut, but we certainly had the better of the game at that point, obviously. Stockport, as you'd expect, did come into the game for the part the last maybe I'd say the half first half was more fifty fifty in terms of, you know, possession and in terms of who had more dominance. I think Stockport had the better of the second half of the first half, if you will, but again without really creating too much. The one opportunity I can think of was when the ball was played across the box and I think it was Callum Camps who had a strike which was cleared on the ground of top John Terry against Slovakia esque by Shadrock OG, which is who I'm going to ask you about now, Reese. Um, a lot of people have said they can't remember a debut as good as the one we saw today from from Shadrack. I think he was absolutely immense. I think when we say how good he is, we should also say that Max Amor was also very good alongside him. Um, I think a lot of people naturally, when they see Connor Marston's not involved, maybe they get cold feet to an extent, start to worry. But I think Shadrack came in an unknown entity from Leighton Orient. No one had heard of him really or spoke about him, but it shows the backroom staff are doing their due diligence and he looks like an incredible find at this level. I think he was personally my man of the match. I don't know about you, Reese, but I thought he was absolutely fantastic today for us. No, and sort of the, the point you make about Masterson, I, I, I felt that, to be honest, when I see the team and I see Masterson was missing, I was slightly apprehensive about it. Um, but... Yeah, I can't, I can't disagree with with your shout for man of the match. It was a it was a fantastic debut. Um, he won everything in the air. Um, by everything, I think I do literally mean one hundred percent of his aerial jewels. I think um, he trapped players into the channel well when he had to. Um, showed great strength to just manoeuvre players off the ball. And like you say, he he wasn't afraid to throw his body in the way too, like he did with his head in the first half and. And at this level, you, you can't ask for a lot more than that. If you've got a centre-back that's willing to put himself in the way, he wins his headers, he clears it when he has to, he plays when he needs to. Um, 
yeah, you're, you're on to a winner. So whilst it's, you know, it's like like we've said about the, the game as a whole, and it's the same applies to individuals, it isn't a one game. It's a long season. So hopefully he can show that kind of level on a consistent basis. Because if he does, then yeah, regardless of what sort of fee we may or may not have paid for him, we, we could well have a, have a really good find on our hands. Yeah, I think Luke, you mentioned in our, in our little Aries 7 chat how, how impressive you, you were, how impressed I should say you were with, uh, with Shadrach. I think he is one of those players who, you know, we talk about, you know, the strikers who might have missed out on potential errors, maybe from the backroom staff that we don't know about. But I think a signing like him who wasn't known until today, I don't think anyone really knew who he was. He came out of nowhere. We paid apparently a six figure fee for him. And I think putting him into that that centre back group with with Max and Connor and the others who can fit in there as well. He looks a real fine, doesn't he? And he was immaculate today for me. Yeah, again, I've kind of reiterate what what Reece said. He literally won everything, put his uh, body on the line and, uh, on a number of occasions, and uh, with that block that you mentioned. And yeah, I think his all round game is is brilliant. And I think. Obviously, Neil's going to have a massive decision to make. Obviously, this I'm not too sure about the Carabao Cup if Marston's going to be back for that. I know he's, he was training with the B team today, but on today's performance, I don't think Max or Shadbrack deserve to, to to be dropped. And I'd expect them to to start with Marston on the bench. In my opinion, I don't think you could drop them after after today. And um, yeah, he's it, got a bit of everything. I think if you compare again to last season and, and pre Christmas um, when you had Will. And Elkin Bagger and, and Max playing at centre half. You mentioned like the first fifteen minutes, the first twenty minutes when we was literally spraying the ball around the back line. That that that, that didn't happen last year. And, and him and Max today were, were just both so composed on the ball. And I think when you've got someone like um, Scotty on, on, on at left back with that the amount of experience and and how um, improved Che has been at right back I think the back line was, was just superb and the amount of composure and confidence they had just playing the balls at the back was was, was something that we didn't see last year we just, we would just go long and I think that helps helped us massively but yeah he, he he's a real find and I think um, when then all three of them are, are going to be fit Neil's going to have a bit of a selection headache if um, if Shadrach keeps going on the trajectory that I think he will he's um, yeah, he's going to be a real good plan. And again, he's, he's very aggressive as well, which I like. And I think that's something that we've missed um, over the last few years. And um, yeah, I, I like him a lot. Yeah, there is a, with, with Shadrach, the thing that impressed me quite a lot today about him is he has that great combination of both pace and power. There was lots of times where, you know, poor Louis Barry was getting thrown around like no one's business. There were a couple of times he got around... Uh, he got in the back of a round the back of Shadrach in the second half, and I remember Ogie just sort of turned back round him and sort of shoved him out of the way, sort of get out of my way, and it's that pace and power, the recovery pace, and then the power just knock him out out of his stride without fouling him. It's just, I think we've missed a big dominant centre half for a long time. I think the last one I can really think of is Gab Zakwani potentially a, a few years ago, and I think it brings a new dynamic. We know the qualities already of of Max and Connor. I think. I think Shadrach is quicker than both of them for a start. I don't think he's better than Connor, for example. I think Connor is our best centre back, but I think it adds another good dynamic to an already impressive centre back pairing. And for once in quite a long time, we have a good group of centre halves or players who can play at centre half. We're all going to be challenging each other. And I think it's going to be a, a, a reason why you saw towards the back of last year anyway that we didn't tend to concede many goals post, post January. I think it'll be 
much more the same. I expect us to have one of, if not the best defensive record this year. And I think a lot of that is going to be down to the personnel we have now at the back and the fact that they can all offer different things. And I think Shadrach was a great example of you know what he can offer for us today. The pace and power, as I mentioned, the fact that he can play balls out from the back, he can progress play. And I think, as I've said to, to recent Luca Plitz, you as well, he just he seems like a great find, doesn't he? Yeah, and let's not forget he's he's left sided as well, which is a massive thing that that Neil wanted in the summer, which he's now got. Um, obviously, if you would assume that Max Aimer and Connor Masterson were going to be our first choice, um, Masterson has shifted over to the left, whereas naturally that's where Shadrach can play. Um, yeah, I thought he, he was fantastic today. I think that's up there with the gentleman debuts I've seen. Um, Naturally, as the others have said, when Conor Masterson is not in the team, you know, you're missing out your best centre-back and you're a bit, or, you know, we're playing arguably the best team in the league and we're missing our best defender, you know, nerves start to hit you. But as Ray said, he won literally everything in the air. I think his distribution is great. He knew when to, not necessarily go long, but go a bit more direct. He knew when to, to play out. Um, he was comfortable giving it to Scott at left-back as well, who I thought was absolutely fantastic as well. Um yeah, it was absolutely fantastic. And he, he's he's so young as well still. So we've got a real gem on our hands. Um, as Luke said, it's going to be really interesting when Connor's back fit again, who he plays. Um, you know, in some ways, a back three might suit us, to be fair, with Shad on the left and then Connor on the right and Max in the middle. We've got two attacking wing backs in Malone and, um, and Che. And obviously, Robbie can do it as well and Max Clark. So I think we've got so many defensive options. I don't think that Harris will necessarily do that from the start too often but the options are there I think it was a few years ago when John Egan got injured and I remember he was benched for a few games when he came back when we had I think we had it was Amar Adam Elabs and I can't remember the third one in the back three but John Egan who was obviously by far our best centre back couldn't get back in the team a couple of a cut for a couple of games until I think there was another injury but you know Conor Masterson now has got a fight for his shirt which we didn't think we would be saying but exceptional today from OG and and, and um, Amar you know, Amar, he's 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 not everyone's cup of tea. Um, he has his critics. He has his he has his um, what's the word? A lot of people praise him as well. He's been at the deals a long time. You know what you're getting. Um, you know potentially the odd error, but I think he reads the game well. Um, he, he makes it look look simple at times as well. And I think OG as well. Um, you know, as the other said, it's been a while since we've had a, a big dominant centre back, and you can associate that over the years. You know with Aymar being a pretty much mainstay over the last few years, apart from when he when he went to Bristol Rovers for a year, there's not much, you know, natural height there. You think of the other players that have played there, um, you know, Jack Tucker, Conor Ogilvy at times, they're not the tallest. And I think Shad as well, as as Ray said, he literally won everything in the air and that's great to see. And he's so agile and I think his recovery pace is another really good point because I noticed we were we were keeping a bit more of a high line today, and even if they were in behind, he was he was very good at getting back. So I think it's a massive coup. Um, I love love seeing him today. He's by far and away my man of the match, and yeah, I think he's a he's a fantastic buy. And I think that's you know it's a shame shame to see players have to move on, but I think that's why Will Wright has moved on because he was fourth choice down the pecking order. We've got three. You know, I said that Wright was. a quite a way below Masterson and Amos' ability. I think we've now got three very, very good centre-backs that are going to push each other all the way all season, hopefully. Yeah, Rhys, I'll bring up what Lewis just said uh, a bit ago to you, where he mentions that we might be naturally suited to a back five. Um, I think it is definitely a conversation worth having because you look at the likes of Malone on the left, who's 
clearly too good for his level. We'll talk about him a bit more in a minute. And uh, the much improved uh, Chad Alexander. And then you've got three really strong centre-halves at this level, obviously. Max and uh, Connor, we know a lot about. And Shadrach, obviously, today, brilliant performance. And we had this conversation on the train, didn't we, where it comes back to the, do we need a 20-goal striker or not? And I think... The more you see us defend and how well we did it, we, you know, football, for example, in the second half had a lot of the ball, a lot of dangerous territory, but failed to really create anything clear cut other than the chance we gave them with a poor mistake from ourselves. But I think the key point is that I really, with what we've got there, with a four or a five, I don't see us conceding many goals this season. Obviously, we will concede goals, but I don't think we'll concede a bucket load or anything like that. I think we're going to be strong and resolute for the vast majority of the games and then. It might be situations like we mentioned on the way back where we, we might end up winning a lot of games 1-0. But then if that's the case, and those are the points that get you promoted, even if you're winning 1-0 every week, you're not going to complain, are you? No, absolutely not. Um, and in terms of sort of the, the conversation about systems and stuff, I especially at the moment, the squad the way it is at the moment and where we don't have an awful lot of pace and width in sort of the more advanced areas of the pitch. I do think that playing three centre-backs could be a really good route for us to take because like like Lewis has touched on, it gives us a, a chance to get three very good centre-backs in, into the team. Um, and in Malone and, and Che, especially Malone though, um, like you've said, he's, he's already showing signs that he shouldn't be operating at this level. Um, and it makes it look quite ridiculous that we've got him to come and play for us. But he's he looks really, really good going forward. You know, he's he's had two opportunities today where he could have got himself a goal. Um, so as well as being a really good defender, it looks like if you give him that little bit more license to get forward, as would happen playing a three, um, he could create a bit, a little bit, and it looks like he could be a little bit of a goal threat as well. Um, and obviously, we see from Che last season, he's, he scored that goal against Wimbledon. So, he's got it in the locker as well. He likes to get forward. Um, so, yeah, especially all the time that we've not got pacey wingers really in, in our setup, I do think that route of, of playing a three or a five, however you want to look at it, with with two midfielders, a 10, and then we can still get two centre forwards into the team. I, I think it could be really, really effective for us. Yeah, look, I think that's the, the good thing. I mean, we obviously know that it's more than likely there's going to be one or two uh, players to still come in before the end of the window. But it is good that we have the options as we do at the minute to be a bit more versatile in different formations, different styles of play. And that will only be added to if we do bring in an extra couple of players in, in the attacking third. And I wanted to get your thoughts on uh, the performance of Scott Malone, who's our next in focus for the evening. Um, as as Reese was saying, and you know, as everyone seems to know already that he's He's clearly a level above at least what we're seeing him playing in terms of his division. He's not a League Two footballer. He's, you know, head and shoulders above that. He's a very calming influence. You saw that a lot in the game today. He knew when to slow the, down, slow the game down at certain times. He's giving advice to players around him. And like Reece said, he was being a bit of a goal threat in the second half as well. And I think it just, I think it just calms everyone down to a degree when you have players around of that sort of experience and that sort of calibre and who are quite clearly, as I say, too good to play this level. It's a massive coup, obviously, to have him in the side as well. And it's just, again, we compare to last season, it's night and day compared to the options we had back then to what we have now with, you know, a former Premier League player and someone who's played at the highest level in the EFL for the last few years. Yeah, I think, obviously, he nearly had that kind of chip shot that, that nearly went in in the first half as well. And I think he's going to be... Um, 
a massive thorn in anybody anybody's um, side that we play against this year because he just offers a bit of everything. Kind of, I think with him and Williams, given that amount of experience, but with him, Johnny Williams and Sean Williams, that is the amount of experience they've got. Um, it, it, it's ridiculous to see how I, I don't know how we've managed to get him, but he, like I say, as you mentioned, he, he's ridiculous. But like I say the calm influence that he has um, you know you mentioned there when he slowed the game down his, his communication um, there's a couple of times when they had a couple of pop shots in, in the first half where he's telling everybody to you know, calm down and, and keep going um, his passing range he's kind of got it all in that left hand side and I think it'd be, it's going to be a really interesting battle between him and him and Max Clark because Max did ever so well when he, when he came on as well but brilliant coop um, I think we can expect some really good things from him. I think for as a defender, I think he could kind of score five goals this season in the league um, that, that, that were going to help us along the way. And uh, yeah, re- really impressed with him today, really impressed. Yeah, Lewis, we, we all know how much recoup Scott is. And, you know, I think the key point is when we're comparing to last year, you know, no offence to David Totondo, we always thought he was better going forward than he was defensively. But even even going forward, he had a lot of limitations and Scott is clearly a good balance of both. He's a brilliant defender at his level. He can get forward and be a threat as well. And I think he's just someone that is going to help bring others a lot further forward in terms of their progression as well because he knows he knows the game. He knows how to get things done. And you've got Max Clark pushing him all the way as well. He was fantastic once he came on as well. And it's just a brilliant array, array of options that we have now. And I think in a game like today, you need players like Scott Malone to sort of not make the difference in terms of scoring a decisive goal or anything like that, but just being that influence around everyone else that makes them all believe that they are capable of going and getting a result. And I think Scott is one of those players that can bring that to the table. And again, it's just a bit surreal to see him out there playing for duels when he really should be at a higher level. Yeah, I think I'll just echo what everyone else is saying in terms of how surreal it is that he's playing for us because there's no way he should be playing at League 2, but it's our game, I suppose. Um, we managed to convince him to do it and, and that's good. You said to me at the game, I mean, you feel so sorry for Max Clark because he probably signed thinking he'd be first choice left back. It was probably one of the highest um, priorities in our agenda. You know, nothing against Dave as a person, but as a footballer, he wasn't fantastic. Um, I don't think too many were disappointed to see him see him released. And we signed Max Clark, one of the division's best left backs last year. Obviously, one promotion. And you think that position settled, and then the chance to sign Scott Malone comes around, and you're never going to say no to that. So. We've probably got now two of the division's best left backs on our books. I did wonder if Malone might play a little bit further forward, but that's um, that doesn't look like it's going to happen too often. I think his organisation skills are excellent. Um, I think Max Aim is a good 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 organiser as well. So having you know for Shadrach Oji, who we mentioned earlier on, to have Max Aimer and Scott Malone in terms of experience outside of him, it doesn't get much better than that really. And um, one of the key points that stood out for me was. I think we had a corner up their end and he, he, he made the, I can't remember who it was, I think it might have been Williams, he made the corner take away and he said, I'll go back, OG goes forward, that sort of thing. And, you know, he just knows what he's doing. Um, loved by the fans already. And I think he's enjoying it as well, you know, going off his reactions, his social media reactions. I think for me, he was the second best player today behind OG. Um, he's fantastic on the ball. I think he's got, you know, good technical ability and, that, that that shows when when players are willing to play that way. You know, there are a few nice touches today from the likes of. Um, I don't think Johnny Williams had his best game, but he's he's good on the ball. You can't deny that. Dom Jeffries, and I think 
when he links up with these sorts of players, it's, it's a pleasure to, pleasure to watch. And, you know, we're very, very lucky to have him on our books and he's going to have a massive role to play this season, even if he is only here for a year or, you know, maybe if he's a year older when we're in League One, you know, looking very, very far ahead. But, um, yeah, brilliant player, brilliant signing. And, yeah, we're very lucky to have him. I think he was very good today. Yeah, he certainly was. Uh, Reese, we're going to have one more in-focus play and then we'll get to the goal that gave us all three points and we'll head off for tonight because it is nearly half 11 and we've been up since 6am and that is not good. Um, yeah, the last player I want to touch on, um, he didn't have much to do in terms of you know making saves to, to an extent, but I think Jake Turner came in today. There was a lot of talk about before it was revealed that Glenn Morris had a slight injury, whether... Jake was going to take the mantle for the opening game or Glenn was going to stick with it. I've, you know, for a recent podcast, I've said Jake's been really impressive for a pre-season this year. I think every time he was called upon last season, he was brilliant for us. And obviously, Glenn has been fantastic as well. But it was Jake who got the nod today. And I think it's a credit to him and the back four in front of him. Like, like I was saying earlier in the second half, where Stockport had a lot of the ball, had a lot of progressions into our final third without really being able to create a chance. That was made a lot harder by the fact that we were so resolute at the back and they did a lot of sideways passes, a lot of crosses into the box and things like that. But every cross that came into the box, Jake handled brilliantly. He was the biggest player in there, made himself known, caught the ball at every opportunity. There wasn't any you know, fumbles or anything like that, which led to a second chance in the second phase. I think he was very dominant in his box. And you know, along with all the centre-halves and the back four, he defended really resolutely. We didn't really give Stockport any real opportunities other than that um, slight pass by... Uh, Nichols letting Carl Noyle, which I still think Jake actually got a touch to before he hit the ball. That's what it looked like from where we were anyway, but maybe he can confirm or deny that. But um, yeah, I think Jake obviously came in today, as I said, I think in my eyes deserved to be given that opportunity from the start this season. I think he's certainly proven to people and proven to the manager as well why he deserves to remain in that spot. Yeah, I've literally just seen, literally just the second, the piece that's gone on Kent Online from Harris explaining why he's made this decision he has with the goalkeepers but I've not had a chance to read through it yet but I said to you on Thursday that I was perfectly comfortable whichever way he went with the goalkeeping situation um, you know obviously Glenn played more games last season but, but Jake played a fair few as well um, and I don't think either of them let us down at all during last season so it's it's a good position to be in knowing that you've got two safe pairs of hands and and like you say, particularly in the latter stages of the game, you know, once we get in front and we're trying to defend that lead, what you don't really want is you don't want to force your centre backs to just head away clearance after clearance after clearance, you know. So when your goalkeeper's coming out and and claiming two, three, four crosses, which weren't there was one particularly that was a lot of bodies in the way and it sort of looked as if Jake had to run past the ball and then sort of reach behind him to grab it. And it's, it's, well, I mean, I'm not a goalkeeper, but I can't imagine it's easy to do in that pressurised situation with that many bodies around. And, you know, instead of just leaving it for, to Aimer to head away and it only goes to the edge of the box, Jake can claim it and suddenly you can clear the ball the entire way up the field and, and it just helps relieve pressure. So, no, you know, whilst, like you say, you only sort of had one, maybe two saves to make, it's not always just about the you know, the glory saves as a goalkeeper. It's about doing the basics right. And yeah, Jake was faultless in that regard today. Yeah, Lewis, with the potential injury that had come up with Glenn Morris, obviously he was obviously fit enough to be on the bench today. So obviously it can't be too bad. But with that brings opportunity, an opportunity which I think Jake has, has deserved, I think we'll all be agreed in that. And I think it's a real chance for him to 
you know, put make sure he's the first name on that team sheet between the sticks, and he certainly did himself a lot of favours today with his performance. Yeah, I think it was a bit up in the air what was going to happen with Glenn Morris because we heard he was injured. Um, you know, was that why he? I think I'm right in saying he didn't come on against Dagenham. Jake played the 90 minutes, and you know, was it just he was on the bench for the sake of? Not revealing anything. Um, yeah, he was on the bench today. He seemed fine in the warm-up. Obviously, he would have come on if, if required. I assume he'll now start Tuesday. Um, I have read through the Harris Kent Online article and, and seen the comments, and he just sort of said that Jake had the better pre-season. Um, you know, whether that's to do with the, the injury that Glenn had a couple of niggles or whether it was just just being a better goalkeeper over pre-season. You know, he, he got the nod today, and I don't think he, he put a foot wrong, really. Um like Reese said, he is, his claiming from crosses is absolutely fantastic. Um, I think I don't know if he's referring to one quite near the end where he ran out and he had to, you know, it almost looked as if he wasn't favourite to get the ball, but he claimed it so well. Um, and it's that's you know I'm I'm not centre half, but um, I imagine that's like the best feeling as a centre half when you've got a ball coming into the box and your keeper's coming out and catching it. And yeah, he's, he didn't put a foot wrong. I think, like Reese, I was happy with either goalkeeper starting today. I think we, we have got two number ones. I really like the little goalkeeper union we've got going on with Glenn, Darren and Jake. I think it's brilliant setup. Um, I thought, to be fair, after Glenn getting player of the year last year, that the move would be to sort of phase Jake in this year to take over as number one next year, if possible. But it looks like that move's been made early, which, you know, if he's going to put in performances like today, then no complaints. Um, I think, as you mentioned last year, what was it, 18, 19 appearances, something like that. And for a goalkeeper who's still 24 years old, who's still a few years off his peak yet, that's fantastic. And yeah, again, it's a, even though it was a year ago, and we can criticise our recruitment from a year ago, it's another great find of a player who was released by a team who is in a worse position than us and finished below us in the league last year. And yeah, we've, we've got him and we've developed him, similar to Chad Alexander, someone that was unwanted by someone in our league and we've made them our own and now he's an important player to us. So it's a really good story and I think he's developing into a really good goalkeeper and yeah, long may it continue, mate. You know, him and Glenn, I'm, I'm sure they get on well, but they're going to push each other. We've got two fantastic goalkeepers and yeah, I was really impressed with him today. I think he relieved a lot of pressure, especially as fans when you're away from home and you're seeing the ball, the ball come in and they've got their bloody drum going and, you know, you're trying to hold on to a lead or hold on to a point or whatever and the crowd's up and you see people come out and claim across and it's shot stopping as well. It's fantastic. You can never be questioned on that. So yeah, no complaints from me. It's a brilliant, brilliant performance from, from, from the whole sort of defensive unit really. But I think the three we've mentioned today, Malone, um, OG and Turner were the three that stood up. Yeah, absolutely. And it goes back to the point of having two good players in every position. Well, two good players, say two great players for this level in more or less uh, every position we have now at the minute. And uh, Reese. Let's get on to, uh, before we head off tonight, the decisive moment of the game. We were about 86 minutes in. It took about 10 fouls from Kyle Noyle for the referee to actually blow his whistle and give one on behalf of uh, Tom Nichols. The referee was absolutely abhorrent today, but I'd have a lot more to say about that if we didn't win. Though he did try and give Stockport as much injury time as possible to make sure we didn't, but regardless. Um, yeah, Nichols was getting pulled about by Kyle Noyle all day. There was numerous fouls in there throughout the game that weren't given. You know, I'm going to have a, have a row now, actually, because it's in my head. Um, there's a situation, this is a linesman, but still, they all from the, cut from the same cloth, where the ball came into the box and uh, the stop port keeper tipped it behind for a corner. The referee 
initially gives a corner linesman gives a goal kick and he bottles it and get, agrees with his ball friend on the touchline which you know I don't like to say names but it's no coincidence that a lot of them don't have hair um, but yeah he was terrible don't want to see him again but probably will but anyway um, yeah we got the free kick on the on the right hand side after the referee finally decided to blow his whistle and funnily enough as we mentioned it was an absolutely awful delivery from Charlie Sander which ended up being by default, a great delivery. Um, I think he hit the first man, but he didn't really get a clean contact on it. He seemed to hit him on the back of the heel. Then forced to Sean Williams. He tries to twist and turn and hit one on the swivel. Doesn't really get any sort of connection on it. But I think he got just about enough to sort of divert it into the path of um, Rob McKenzie, which I'm sure it wasn't what he was meant to do. It was a hell of a pass if it was. And Robbie, um, just about, as you said, Reese earlier, had enough space to turn on it and, and slam it past the goalkeeper and into the back of the net and you know little did we know at that point we still have another 12 minutes to play but um, yeah it was a great finish and, and like we mentioned earlier it was reward really for all our resolute defensive play we we always say in that all we needed was one clear cut chance in the game to take it away from Stockport and you know it, it did arrive eventually and it was a good reward for all our great defensive work to get that one chance and to put it away Yeah like you say obviously it was a, it was a decent finish from Robbie um, but sort of as a as a whole piece and a picture on the eye, it was an absolute scrap of a goal. Um, but that's the nature of the beast at this level. Sometimes, you know, Harris has has touched on it so many times in his time here that a large amount of games at this level are decided by a set play, which is why I think we're set so well this season, regardless of whether we've got a twenty goal striker or not. Is that we know we're not going to let many in. Um, so if you can be like what we were today, you can be solid. You don't give any silly goals away. All it takes is is one opportunity to put a ball into a penalty area, and and defenders at this level make mistakes, and 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 it can win you a game. Um, and that's how it proved today. And I think they're you know not going to name names, but there's probably a a couple of teams that have come into the division today that will learn that the hard way over the first few weeks of the season that you can't just come into League Two and play total football the way that their fans probably want to. You have to be solid. Um, there is quality down at this level, especially now. You know, you look at some of the players that have come into this division, not just, you know, we've got our own with Malone. There are players in this league now that shouldn't be operating down here. So you have to respect everyone, right? Um, and yeah, so I, I think our, our approach to football at the moment is is perfect for the level we're playing at. Um, will we score more appealing and and more sort of easy on the eye goals this season, probably. Will we score many more enjoyable than that one? Probably not. <laughs> probably I hold some out. No, but as we said earlier, as long as it goes in the back of the net, no one's going to complain and we'll take the three points and move on. And uh, yeah, that's what we did today. A couple of iffy moments towards the end. Paddy Madden tapping in on the goal line, more or less. And it looked as though that was going to, take three points away from us and turn it into one. I didn't notice straight away, but Reese, you were quite keen-eyed to notice that he was basically on the goal line and therefore offside. I just panicked and thought it was a goal. And then the referee, as I said, wanted to add on as much time as humanly possible. Look, you should have seen Lewis Brown and he was absolutely fuming throughout the game. He was losing his head. And there was a moment right towards the end where we thought the referee was going to blow his whistle. He carried it on. And uh, there was an opportunity right at the end for a stopball play. I'm not quite sure who it was. And he thankfully was through and goal through Paddy Madden's pass and it looked as though it was going to be one of those agonising moments right at the death of the game where Stockport were going to put it back and thankfully for our case he put it wide and well I say put it wide hit the um, outside the uh, 
the netting and you know we were all thankful and at that point we knew we'd probably just about done enough and yeah, it was jubilation in the way and Lewis when the when the full time whistle went despite a little scare at the end. Yeah, I just I just want to say I wasn't losing my head all game. I think it'd been a bit a bit over the top. Um, no, I, I, I try not to let some some of your language towards the officials. I, I cannot repeat on a family friendly show. Not true, mate, you just called him bald about five. I mean, it's not true, it's not wrong, but you've just you've just moped it for about two minutes there. Yeah, no, the referee and factual is not abuse. Yeah, the referee was. I mean, I've already tweeted it, and I've stole a quote from recent game. Like, where do they keep finding them from? The referee at this level is absolutely ridiculous, and today was up there with the worst I've seen, to be honest. But anyway, moving on from that, um, what was the question? Oh yeah, um, when we scored, jubilation. You know, we were edging edging towards the final ten minutes of normal time, and you know, I think we'd have taken a point before the game. I think the team were happy with a point. I think we saw <clears throat> when it was nil nil still, Turner was holding on to his ball. You know, that old age old classic where the the goalkeeper waits for the attacker to come to them before picking them up. So we were all happy with a point. And then uh, we get the opportunity, <clears throat> excuse me, um, like you say, when Nichols finally got a free kick, which is really ironic that that's what we scored from considering that's happening all game. Um, we just go over because it was the worst free kick and a really wild swipe from Williams. And then Mackenzie does really well to, to finish it. Um, jubilation, I think you were trying to get my shoulders and there was like, I just felt hand on my back for about a minute straight and you were on the stairs or something. But my glasses fell off my face and a lovely man in front of me, I don't know who he was, picked him up in the middle of the celebrations. I thought that was the end of it. It's happened before. But yeah, jubilation. And then eventually we get the full-time whistle. I think there's still a discussion to be had on how they're going to sort out this timing and stuff because it's going to get pretty crazy because they're, they're probably still not added on the right amount, but it's still a massive amount. And you know, I think they're a bit in between decisions at the minute, but it's a discussion for another day. Eventually, when the whistle blows, it's jubilation. I think that chance at the end as well, um, I can't remember who it was. I think it was an error. And then the guy for Stockport, again, I can't remember who it was either, but he had the shot that hit the side net. And we, I said to you at the game, I mean, like we could see from where we were that it hit the side net, but they seemed to celebrate for quite a while, which is a bit weird. But I thought it had actually gone in. Like, I didn't really know what to what to think, but... Yeah, it's the price is three points. You know, if Stockport are 18th in two months' time, it might not look as good, but at the minute it looks great against one of the top teams in the division. It'll do wonders for our confidence, as we mentioned earlier. Um, it makes the journey home a lot more pleasant. Pleasant. It'll give us massive confidence for, for next week's home game against Accrington, which, despite their results, today, does look easier on paper. And yeah, it's just a really great way to start the season, really. A season where we have a little bit of expectation, we have a lot of hope. And if we want to be reaching that top three slash top seven, if we have to, these are the sort of results we want. And I was pleasantly surprised at how good we were today. And, you know, long may that carry on. It's not going to happen every game. But getting a three points against one of the best teams in the league, if not the best, isn't, isn't a bad place to start. Yeah, Reese. I don't think you were too fond of the uh, the scoreboard going all the way after ninety. I think we got to hundred in the end, didn't you? And you could, you were saying you couldn't help but keep looking over to your right hand side every time to see how much further we'd gone. And it was quite excruciating towards the end, wasn't it? With that? No, when I see the EFL tweet about that, so it was my reaction was like everyone else was like, oh, "That's a good idea to finally bring that in." Then yeah, and in in practice, I absolutely hated it because yeah, I, I didn't watch an awful lot of the last ten minutes because I was just clock watching, um, but. <laughs> To be honest, mate, I think this whole rule of, of time... Not that I'm against 
you know, not adding time on because you probably should do. But I think it's one of them things that you get things at the start of every new season. They try and bring in new little rules. And for the first four or five weeks, they're enforced really, really strictly. But I bet in two months' time, sort of the amount of stoppage time will just revert back to how, how it was, such as the way as these little rules sometimes. They sort of, they focus on them for a few weeks and then they just sort of slide away. And it seems like there's been other rules that they've tried to enforce but not told managers about because... Well, I thought Harris got booked today, but it turns out it wasn't him. It was Livermore and and um, our goalkeeping coach. And apparently Harris wasn't even aware of the rules that meant they had to get yellow carded. So it sounds like it's all been a little bit rushed and it's a little bit of a mess. So we'll see how it all pans out. But we'll see if we uh, get those extra seconds on our new sort of LED scoreboard that's on sort of the middle of the Medway stand on uh, Tuesday. Yeah, we certainly will. I'm not particularly a fan of going to games and having four minutes at the end of the first half and another ten at the end of the second, but we'll see how that plans out. But for today, that'll wrap it up on the ME7 podcast. Jules begin the 23-24 campaign with a 1-0 victory at Edgley Park over Football County, thanks to a Robin McKenzie strike with four minutes to go on the clock. Well, 14 as it turned out, but regardless, three points to start the new season. And we now go into two back-to-back home games. Firstly, Southampton in the Carabao Cup. Can we spring another upset against high league opposition following on from the victory, of course? Over Brentford last season, we certainly hope so. And then after that, we host at Quinton Stanley this time next week uh, in our first home game of the 23-24 League 2 campaign. So join us for all the build-up and reaction to that. Um, Lewis, Reese, I'm sure you had a good day. Thanks for joining me tonight and uh, obviously joining me during the game as well. Thank you, mate. It was a good one. I mean, I've spent all day with you, mate. I didn't really have an awful lot of choice. All right, on that note, um, up the jewels and we'll see you soon. Good night.